Here's your host of Sound Off, Brad Bennett. Well, good afternoon, Northlanders. Uh, welcome to the third hour of Sound Off here on 610 KDAL Radio. We've had some interesting discussions. Uh, I want to finish up my thought on this uh, E.J. Carroll, Jean Carroll, I should say, the, the woman, the columnist, advice columnist, uh, who wrote a book a couple of years ago, about the same time that Donald Trump was uh, running for office the first time, in which she claimed that Donald Trump, uh, well, she, she claimed he raped her. Now, it has not been proven that he raped her. It supposedly by a jury has been proven that he sexually abused her. In other words, grabbed her, groped her, did something to the point where they awarded this Carol $5 million last spring. Now, Donald Trump has constantly over and over said the following a thousand times that he never attacked Carol and doesn't know her. Now she has decided that because he has continued to defame her by claiming that he never did this and speaking despairingly of her, she has filed suit against for defamation of character to, to get more money. Here's my question to people. Could it be that she is doing this? Well, we, I, more importantly, how would, how would you as an individual, as any man out there in the audience, how would you like it if some woman that you didn't know, never, never tried anything physically on her, came forward and sued you? Well, first of all, it wouldn't happen unless you had a lot of money. That's my belief. That's why this happened to Donald Trump, because she needed she needed a deep pocket to get into and probably knew that she could claim this. And unless he could prove that he was never in that, uh, um, that uh, uh, building at the time that this supposedly occurred, that he would be, uh, that he might, if, a, if the right jury came forward, that he might be found guilty. And he was to, to the tune of $5 million. Now she's claiming that she wants to sue him for $10 million because he continues to say he didn't, not only did he not know her, but he never did anything like that with her. This is an issue of punitive damages because she claims he, has, he obviously has no intention of ceasing his defamation campaign against me. It, it's an interesting thing that New York State does where... Uh, the state of New York, where they can, where anybody can claim something like that, can take it before a jury and get a conviction, even though this happens 15, 20 years after the fact, where no rape charges were ever brought, no proof was ever given that was ever done that that happened. But now all of a sudden, um, you can come up with it. Or in the case of the, the, uh, uh, Attorney General of New York, who has filed suit because because he you know he overvalued his property. He got some of his gain by Ill, by ill-gotten gain by either overestimating or underestimating or whatever. I don't even I can't even follow the story. It's so bizarre. 
but a judge can rule, yeah, but that makes sense to me. And oh, by the way, the, the attorney general that brought charges, is she a Democrat? Yes. Does she hate Donald Trump? Yes. Is she maybe trying to uh, throw another stumbling block in front of him? I don't know. But uh, but interesting things. And then and then you can find, yes, he's guilty. He's got to pay us $30 million. He's got to give us some of his properties. He's got to give back to the state of New York some of his properties. And oh, by the way, he can never do business in the state of New York again. Is there any wonder why people are leaving New York by the droves? Now we're going to move on to the, to the January 6th committee meeting. Because you know that after, uh, after Trump was defeated by Joe Biden, he really questioned the authenticity of the vote and really questioned, was there any improprieties that were made uh, to the point that a lot of people showed up in, New in, in Washington, D.C. Thousands showed up on the day they were ratifying the vote. And Trump never called for armed action against the government, never called for a rebellion, never called for uh, whatever they're calling this. <clears throat> but he did say, if you're going over towards the Capitol, please protest peacefully. Some people got out of hand. Now, it turns out this morning there's a story out that the new head of the uh, chairman of the committee that is investigating what happened on January 6th, uh, someone by the name of Laudermilk, he's a congressman, Barry Laudermilk, he has found out that the prior House committee under, uh, under at that time, the uh, Speaker of the House, who was the long-term Speaker of the House, um, what was her name? I've, I'm sorry, I forget it. Pelosi? <laughs> anyway, Pelosi, Nancy there you go. Pelosi. Thank you. Yes. How can you forget Nancy that Pelosi. face? Oh, God, how could I forget that? <laughs> I want to forget it. That's why I couldn't remember, I guess. Anyway... Uh, it turns out now the, the former House Select Committee on January 6th deleted, deleted more than 100 encrypted files from its, poll, from its probe into, the, uh, into what happened on January 6th, just days before Republicans took over the majority in the House of Representatives. How, how convenient, huh? Lauder, the this uh, chairman, the, the investigative chairman now, Barry Laudermilk, has said uh, last week, told Fox News, that uh, they're, they're entering a new phase uh, with renewed support from House Speaker Mike Johnson, who has uh, really given additional resources to the pa panel and asked them to find out what was said in these encrypted files. And what they have done is they've hired a computer expert, somebody that can evidently go in and uh, pull anything that might be left on some of these fi files. Uh, sources familiar with Laudermilk's investigation uh, said that per House rules, the former select committee, which was chaired by Representative Bernie Thompson, a Democrat from Mississippi, 
was required to turn over all documents from its investigation to the new GOP-led panel. But he just decided on his own that they were going to destroy those files instead. Now the forensic team, they've hired a digital forensic team to scrape uh, through these hard drives to determine what information uh, there was that they're not getting. The forensic team, according to sources familiar with their search, determined that 117 files were both deleted and encrypted. Just days before Thompson's team was required to transfer the data to the new committee, they learned that the forensic team has recovered all 117 deleted and encrypted files, except they've got a problem. They found out that the committee, under the former Democrats, had actually put passwords on all files. So now they've had to go to the former a chair of that committee and say, you know what, you got to turn over the passwords so we can get into these files. Um, as you acknowledge in your July 7th, the letter that was written to him said in your July 7th letter, the select committee to investigate the January 6th attack did not archive all committee records as required by House rules. You wrote that you sent specific transcribed interviews and depositions to the White House and Department of Homeland Security, but did not archive them with the clerk of the House. Laudermilk added that Thompson also claimed that you turned over four terabytes of digital files. That's what you're claiming. But the hard drives activated by the select committee, which the clerk of the House contained less than three terabytes. Now, I don't know what a terabyte is. But it, it's obviously a lot less than what they're telling they turned over. Chairman Bernie Thompson and Rep former Representative Liz Cheney took their seats for that committee to investigate the January 6th attack and Trump's connection to it. One record file disclosed the identity of an individual whose testimony was not archived by the select committee, Lauder Milk said. Further, we found that most of the recovered files are password-protected, preventing us from determining what they contain. Laudermilk asked that Thompson provide him a list of passwords for all password-protected files contained by the select committee. Now, I'm asking you in the North End, do you think it's possible that the Democrats are trying to hide something here? Or why would they delete and encrypt files that they had been working on once the Republicans took control? Laudermilk also penned letters to the White House General Counsel. The General Counsel of the Department of Homeland Security requested unedited and unredacted transcripts of White House and DHS testimony. It's obvious that Pelosi's select committee went to great lengths to prevent Americans from seeing certain documents produced in this investigation. And this new committee chairman simply says, we want to know what's in them. We need to know what's in them. You've compiled all this information. The American people deserve to know the full truth 
Speaker Johnson has empowered me to use all tools necessary to recover these documents to get the truth, and I will, he told the committee. So what so, was your reference to terabyte? Well, the, the, they said in the story, the, the committee, the Democratic-controlled committee, said that they turned over uh, documents which basically made up four terabytes. Ooh, four. And, yeah, four. Well, a terabyte, but, one terabyte is a trillion bytes of data. And whoo, one terabyte whoo, whoo. is equal to 1,024 gigabytes. A lot of information. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Brad. A ton of information. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And see, when they're trying to read, to re, uh, uh, reconnect all of these and to bring them out of the files, uh, you know, out of the computers, out of the hard drives, they can only find three terabytes, which is one less. And you said one is made up of how much? A trillion. So or gigabytes, be, a, a, one terabyte yeah. is equal to 1,024 gigabytes. Okay. So there would be at least that much information that would be missing according to their sources. Yeah. And back in the day, one gigabyte was a lot of data. My goodness, one oh, gigabyte. Yeah. That was, um, you know, it just, it's progressed. And now, wow, that's interesting. Um that's a lot of stuff. You know, I just want to think th- there's uh, a yeah. think there's a possibility that somebody's trying to cover up information that they found about the uh, January 6 goings on. I don't know what to think about January 6 other than they have come down extremely heavy-handed. These people oh. that have uh, been uh, sentenced, boy, these are some heavy sentences. And it is what it is, but that's what your attorney general under the Biden administration, uh, it's pretty remarkable, Brad, what's going on there. And it's, uh, it really is. You know, but I got a call from a listener and she asked me, and it's funny because I was reading about this a couple of weeks ago. You were talking about something and I looked into this, but she asked me, she goes, wasn't Joe Biden accused of raping somebody or whatever happened to her? Well, Brad, the woman, her name is Tara Reed. And Tara Reed did accuse him of sexual assault. And, of course, he, you know, uh, um, unequivocally denied it and blah, 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 this and that. She ended up moving to Moscow because she didn't feel safe. And, of course, the media and everybody came out against her. And if you recall in the story, her mother actually called the Larry King show to talk about this. Uh, there was some people there that thought maybe they're saying primarily in the media that her story just didn't add up. But why should one woman's accusations of a man be, uh, when it comes to sexual assault be different than another woman's? Yeah. I yeah, mean, unless why? there's overwhelming well, evidence <laughs> to the contrary. Exactly. It's it's interesting too because in this story uh, this morning uh, from the New York Times it was rewritten from the New York Times where they're talking about this trial that's ongoing with Gene Carroll they did mention the fact that one of the things they're not going to bring up at the trial is the tape remember this tape that um, 
that appeared on it was some some news show or one of these uh, crazy shows where Trump was on a bus with this reporter and he was kidding or you know taking uh, um, making comments about some woman that was supposedly had been interviewed by this guy. Do you remember that? Yes. It was, uh, yeah. And it, and supposedly Trump said some very negative things about this woman, about uh, her sexuality or whatever. They're not going to bring that up at the trial because they said, unfortunately, it, it, it happened fairly close to the time that Gene Carroll filed these charges. And somebody may make the connection that she tried to file the charges simply because it would be easy for the jury to look, well, yeah, Trump is that kind of guy. Look, he said he said things to this reporter, uh, so maybe he does do stuff like that. It's, you know, I hate to sound like I'm trying to defend Donald Trump, but when I've found two rather long and lengthy stories, both of them by supposedly very critical news sources like the New York Times and the and the Wall Street Journal that both say he didn't rape her. Then I have to question it. But we got to take a break. We're running late again. We'll be back. KDAL time is a 129. Uh, let's check the temperatures uh, down at Army Corps of Engineers. We have 26 degrees, light winds. Out of the southeast, uh, but uh, rather mild compared to what we've had over the last, uh, well, nine, six, nine, seven, eight days. I've kind of lost track of uh, the cold weather we've had, Sean, uh, from Phil's Garage Door Service. (laughs) It's been a number of days. Been very cold. Uh, Well, Sean, uh, during this period of time, cold snap like this, uh, one of the rollers came off uh, my uh, uh, of my door. Should I just prop it up with a jack and try to stick it on there myself? <laughs> That's pretty. Well, it's a pretty leading question. You want your bill to be? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How long do I want to spend in the hospital? I think is what you're saying. <laughs> no. Um, there's some things that uh, DIY, you know, but. Um, just keep in mind that, you know, the garage doors are big, heavy, and and you can get hurt really quick. Yeah. See, I'm, I am interested, though. You, you had mentioned a couple of weeks ago, uh, a lot of times when it's very, very cold like this, we get the, the garage door sticking to the concrete floor. And are there simple things you can do to make sure that that doesn't happen? Is there uh, a seal or something that you can put on the door? Well, they do make a uh, EDPM, uh, EDP. Sorry about that. Uh, a rubber that actually will stay flexible and and not freeze the floor up to minus thirty. Um, oh, so there you go. There, there is an option out there, uh, you know. But other than that, Mother Nature usually wins, and especially if you have a frost heaving, you know, and, and driveways or or um, aprons sloping back towards the door, water's going to find its way there. Yes. Well, not only that, but when your car gets inside, it's a little warmer. The stuff starts to melt off the car and creates condensation on the floor that can cause sticking, too. Absolutely. Yep. So, so, yeah, so that, these I mean, are... The, the temperatures and, and where we live, the conditions are, you know, 
are not favorable yeah. to uh, the garage doors and, and operation, but this is where we live and we love it. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. We're, by the way, we're talking to Sean from Phil's Garage Door Services, which basically have been in, in, in business here in the Northland since about 1994. And I'll tell you what, if you've got any problems at all with your garage door, whether you're uh, an individual homeowner and you just got one door that you need to have go up and down, or whether you're a business and you might have a bunch of garage doors, whether it's a broken spring, safety sensors, door replacement, or anything to do with your garage door, Phil's service team stands ready 24 hours a day, seven days a week, year-round. When you need that door to go up and down, you know what? Phil's garage door will make it happen. And over and above all of those good things, I want to tell you, too, that they're locally veteran-owned and union-operated. So, uh, Phil, what do you have anything else you want to uh, relay to our listeners this morning about garage doors or a reason to give you a shout? Well, the, the biggest thing is if it sounds funny, it's probably something's wrong. And don't wait yeah. because once it breaks, you're stuck. So, uh, you know, the biggest thing, like I say, if, it, if you sound or hear something kind of off, call before it actually breaks. And that's probably my best advice. There you go. Good advice. And I will tell you that I've had that that kind of a sound on a door, and you're absolutely right. That's when I had a spring break. So here I'm going to give you a couple of ways to connect to Phil's garage door. Uh, the easiest way is just to pick the phone up and dial them at 218-525-7654. That's 218-525-7654. Or if you want to find out a little bit more about garage doors and find out what's going on with the company, philsgaragedoor.com on the website. But again, they're there for you 24 hours a day, seven days a week, year-round. When you got a problem with your garage door, Phil's Garage Door is the place to call. Thank you, Sean. Appreciate you as always, and uh, good, uh, good. We'll talk again soon. All right. Thanks. So, Kenny. We've got that time with that. I think we need to get back on track here a little bit. We got CBS News. Let's do that, and then we'll come back with more here on the Monday edition of Sound Off on 610 KDAL. KDAL time is 138, overcast on the Twin Ports, 24 at the National Weather Service in Duluth, 26 degrees in Superior. And Brad, looking at the markets, the Dow, the NASDAQ, the S&P, all in positive territory, Gold has come down a bit. Gold sits at 20, 40, 90, and oil is in an upward trend. Oil sits at 74.97. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, on the economy, uh, it does appear like consumers are a little more positive about the, uh, this is from polling information, that they're a little more um, they're they're a little more believing that uh, the economy might be okay as we move along. So it'll be interesting. The big thing, I think, in this coming election, as I have said over and over again, is going to be the border. And it's rather interesting to watch the, the fact that now the Democrats are saying that uh, there's got to be some shifts. Uh, CNN uh, over the weekend... Had a, had a comment from Chris Coons, 
a Democrat from Delaware who is the co-chair of Biden's campaign re-election committee. He said the Democrats have shifted or are starting to shift on border policy uh, because of how bad the border has gotten. The, co- the co-host for the event, for the uh, show, Phil Mattingly, asked, do you think that the Democrats have a policy perspective, what they are willing to entertain, what they're willing to sign off on when it comes to restrictions related to the immigration in different places? Um, and this Kuhn said, yes, I think there's a willingness to consider the initial screening standards for asylum. Uh, Many people are now using the asylum process. Most Democrats would prefer, would prefer a regional engagement that addresses the conditions in the country folks are flowing from. In other words, they'd like to go and spend our taxpayer money in countries that people are leaving to help their economy out and in, instead of controlling our borders. But now we have had a whole bunch of... Uh, uh, people on the other side, uh, Republicans that have stepped up, Mike Braun uh, from Indiana, Marsha Blackburn from Tennessee, and Tim Scott from South Carolina that are saying they warned on uh, uh, Saturday, warned against a bipartisan immigration deal. They say b- they believe it would do nothing to stem the migrant crisis at the southern border. And in fact, Tim Scott pointed out that Really, all this uh, this bipartisan agreement that the Democrats are now starting to say that they might be willing to support only rewards illegal immigration and encourages more foreign graduates to take jobs from American graduates. And he pointed out six issues in the agreed border deal that would make a that would not do anything to make a difference except increase the flow of people coming. For example, he said the number one issue in the agreed upon deal, if if they do agree between uh, Republicans and Democrats, would increase green cards by fifty thousand a year. Number two, it would award work permits for adult children of H one B holders. And number three, it would give immediate work permits to every illegal alien released from custody. And there's suggestions that that might be as many as 9 million people. Number four, they would assign taxpayer-funded lawyers to certain uh, mentally incompetent aliens. In other words, again, more of our money, tax money, being spent uh, to provide taxpayer lawyers. Number four, it would increase expulsion authority for a limited number of days only if encounters exceeded 5,000 a day over seven uh, over a seven-day period. In other words, it's not really going to cut back on the numbers of restrictions. And finally, number six, it would restrict parolee, a parole for those who enter without authorization between ports of entry. See, in other words, if you don't come through on a port of entry, if you just sneak across the river, walk across the river, it might restrict your parole, but it would not really do much of anything. It does not fix the border crisis. 
if if it were HR2, which is what Trump had put in place, I think it would be something that would probably make sense. If it's something else, these are the ruse, the tricks that the Democrats have been used to establish politicians for decades. We can't fall for it. Blackburn said about the border deal, I have said all along, I cannot support anything that would make illegal entry legal. And that is what we see some of the Democrats really pushing for. They're trying to find a way to make illegal immigration legal. And that's why they've even gone to the point where they really don't even like to mention the word illegal immigration. They just mention immigration. There's so many people on coming across on immigration. No, it's illegal. When they break our laws, that's illegal. Well, anyway, folks, we'll be right back after uh, Minnesota News. KDAL. KDAL time is 152, 24 degrees, Minnesota Twins baseball uh, right here on KDAL. First game of the year, Brad, uh, is going to be at Kansas City, Twins at Kansas City, March 28th. March 28th. Now, do we have a home for for television rights yet, or is that still up in the air? Uh, we don't know. Okay. Yeah. That's what I thought. So uh, March 28th is a Thursday, and KDAL, your home for uh, Twins baseball, of course, we're going to have a slug of uh, preseason games, uh, spring training games, if you will. And uh, we'll Now, get... when, do, uh, when do they open training camp? Is that just in a couple of weeks, isn't it? Uh, yeah, um, we're going to be having some Twins baseball coming up soon here uh, next month, and it will be affecting sound off from time to time. Okay. So we get to have fun again with the Twins baseball and rescheduling, scheduling, moving, switching, yada, yada, yada. But tonight on KDAL, we do have the best NBA team in the Western Conference of the NBA, the Minnesota Timberwolves. Yes. We've got a good team, Brad. I don't want to say much and jinx them, but uh, we've got a good team down there. No, you don't want to get – yeah, and – they still have a little bit of a problem closing out a game, but uh, I think that has to do with being able to just depend on each other a little bit, and I think they're going to get there. Yeah, so to, uh, Timberwolves basketball tonight on KDAL, 645 on the pregame, 645 pregame. Uh, Timberwolves basketball tonight, 7 o'clock on the tip-off. You know who the best the way, tip-off guy was in high school basketball back in the day? Uh, Bruce Bennett. I don't know. Who Brad Marsh Nelson. Brad was a seven oh, oh, foot. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brad okay. was a seven foot center for you, Duluth East. Yeah, I've got a. I thought you meant announcer. No, no. <laughs> and uh, God rest his soul. We lost Brad Dudek, a great guy. Uh, his brother, his twin brother Brian, uh, they were uh, called the Twin Towers at Duluth East back in their oh, playing man. days in the early eighties. But I've got a picture. I went to a Duluth East basketball game because I've known the family for a long time. Sure. And I went to the uh, game at Duluth East. They were playing Hibbing. And Brad is, uh, they're doing the jump ball at the start of the game. And I got my camera ready. And boom, there goes the ball and there goes the players. Brad is out jumping the player from Hibbing by a foot. (laughs) 
and he's barely off the ground, and you can see the Hibbing player leaping. He's about three feet off the ground, and he's... It's like, why even try? But That, uh, that was kind of unfair. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, well, listen, I just want to wrap up uh, as we get to the end of the show here. Tomorrow is the primary. They're actually, they're saying, uh, according to the sources, they're saying it's the two first in the nation primaries will be held tomorrow. An official Republican primary and an unsanctioned, non-binding Democratic primary. And why are they saying that about the Democrat? Well, because... Representative Dean Phillips will be on the Democratic ballot, but President Joe Biden will only be a write-in candidate due to the primary's unsanctioned nature, whatever that means. However, polls are still showing a dramatic lead for the incumbent president. In other words, uh, CNN poll just came out, said that even though it's a write-in, they showed Biden at about 69% with Phillips only at 7%. On the Republican side, things uh, the polls there showed Trump uh, by about eight points over Nikki Haley, maybe more depending upon how some of Ron DeSantis' people switch over. And the interesting thing with Dean Phillips is a New York Times interview that he had just the other day is claiming that he might consider running as a third-party candidate in the 2024 presidential election. Specifically, he said he might run with the nonprofit political organization No Labels, but only if the incumbent president is polling badly after primaries are over. See, Phillips is looking at this as a, as a chance to jump in if Joe Biden does very poorly uh, during the early primaries. Everybody should keep their heads and hearts and minds open, he said, because they would, uh, why would we shut off possibilities to defeat this horrific danger of democracy? That's Donald Trump. They, they refer to him as the horrific danger to democracy. Well, there we go again. That democracy word gets slipped in there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a couple of interesting things happening, Kenny, is that they keep referring to this, you know, that Donald Trump might somehow get rid of democracy. The other one is they <laughs> continue to talk about abortions, even though yeah. abortion is really not a huge thing. But they know it's a winner for Democrats, and so they'll continue to throw it out yeah. as an issue. It's freedom, Brad. It's about freedom. Yeah. That's what Kamala it said. It's about freedom. Exactly. Yeah. It's about freedom. <laughs> You know, that little baby in the womb, they have nothing to say, sadly. Um, they don't have a lot of freedom, no, do they? <laughs> no, they're at the mercy no. of, uh, yeah, wow. Um, well, anyway, folks, uh, we will be back tomorrow. And, of course, tomorrow they'll be doing the voting. And then Wednesday we'll have a lot to talk about when we talk about the outcomes of the uh, New Hampshire primary. But that's what's going to be going on tomorrow. And uh, in the meantime... Excuse me. I'm going to take my dog to the to the vet and see what in the world is going, going on, on here. What's going on? Well, I think she's got a I think she's got a urinary tract infection. Oh, she's got some issues. Meg. I hope it's not stones because yeah. that goes uh, the 
bad way again, but we'll find out. Anyway, we'll be back tomorrow, Tuesday, right here at 710 KDL Radio with more sound off in the morning. So I hope you'll join us. In the meantime, it's warming up in the Northland. Enjoy the uncold freezing weather a little bit.